0: What's going on, guys? Austin here. And in this video, we are going to be taking a look at all the A grades that I'm giving to the NFL draft participants, if you say. So of all the teams that drafted, we've gone through all the, the Fs, the Ds, the Cs, and the Bs, and now only a few A teams remain. Also, Lions, uh, like senior executive personnel, whatever, assistant, Uh, John Dorsey, former GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, and then the Cleveland Browns, who is now working for the Lions. Excellent general manager. Potentially could be the best in the league if he got another job. Anyway, so we've got the Minnesota Vikings at my lowest grade of all the A's. They had 10 total picks, four in the top 100, and their draft as far as uh, personnel and their fit with the team was very good. Lewis seen safety out of Georgia. A lot of people were saying could be the best safety in the draft. He's a little bit faster and, you know, quicker than Kyle Hamilton, who's bigger with maybe, maybe slightly better instincts, but uh, you know, that's just a preference thing. And they got him all the way down at 32 at 42. Andrew Booth jr. Again, helping out the secondary. He was a guy that I had going to Tampa Bay at 26, I think. Maybe I don't remember. But I had him going to Tampa Bay uh, in the first round. So, you know, getting him at 42, very good pick right here. Uh going offensive line, they need the offensive line help uh with Ed Ingram, Brian Asmosa, Asmoa, excuse me, Asamoa, uh out of Oklahoma, another Oklahoma defensive player. It was weird how many they had. Um him coming in at 66 was good value. I love those first two picks. Uh, And Ed Ingram, if he can end up being a good player for them, just as long as he starts, beats out some of the bums that they have on that offensive line, he can end up doing really well. Several picks later, the uh, Minnesota Vikings ended up grabbing Jalen Naylor, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, who I thought was a really good wide receiver. He was pretty much their only wide receiver. And a few things led to him falling in the draft, being a lower round pick. Uh, Number one, he was the only wide receiver, so he seriously got heavy coverage. Uh, Number two was that they were a run heavy team. And number three was not only were they a run heavy team, but their running back played so fantastic that the Spartans needed to pass less and less as the season progressed. Um, I believe that Kenneth Walker really only had like one bad game, I think it was against Ohio State. And so Jalen Naylor really kind of got put up on the sideline. So he could seriously end up being a guy that comes out, surprises. Wow, the Vikings have an excellent number three wide receiver uh, and absolute high-end. One day, as Adam Thielen gets older, he might be able to take that place. I'm not sure about that. It seems a little high, but it's really good value for pick 191. 10 overall picks. This leads to this being uh, you know, an A-minus draft. Houston Texans also get an A-minus draft. I said that that they could very well end up running this draft because they had, I believe, they had seven picks in the top one hundred when they started uh, this draft process. Now I don't know why they traded uh, a lot of these picks. I remember they didn't even start with pick fifteen; they had pick thirteen. I don't know exactly what all trades went down. Uh, but just just take a look at these numbers right here. They grabbed Derek Stingley, who there was, a, you know, a few concerns about him. Uh, but, I mean, the LSU pedigree, I mean, he's got it going. He has played in some very big games. Uh, and so, overall, it's a good choice. I just don't know if it, it's the best choice at three. Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman, who, for me, it was kind of between him and Zion Johnson as far as guards, pretty much. But... I ended up going Zion Johnson just a little bit better, but not by much. Uh, and then Jalen Petrie, the defensive back out of Baylor. He was a guy who I could have seen going at 32 to the Lions if they had decided to stay there. Um, overall, I mean, he's a very versatile back, not quite as versatile as Daxton Hill from Michigan, but he's a very good player uh, in all rights. Uh, John Meche out of Alabama, who he kind of has the same thing going on for him that uh, – Not quite to the same level, Um, but he's very similar to Jalen Naylor in this respect where, you know, they both play on run heavy teams. He didn't have quite the running back on his team, but he was the only wide receiver, always got the coverage. Uh, And then Christian Harris, the linebacker out of Alabama, I don't really remember much about him, don't know much about him, but he's a linebacker from Alabama. So he's going to be he's going to be ready to play as soon as he steps into the league nine total picks meaning that only four were outside the top 100 uh, gives this a very high rated draft plus they got some future I know they got some future draft picks with all their trades so again the total value here is really good it's just there was a few teams that graded out higher uh, another a minus we've got the green Bay packers who hit it out of the park uh, with their first four picks you have when you have four top 100 picks as a team, Uh, that has the best overall record in the league. Uh, It's very, very difficult to get that much better and they did. Uh, Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia, immediately addresses a need. I would have rather had uh, N'Kobe Dean, but, uh, you know, there was that whole concern about, you know, him wanting to rehab his pec injury instead of getting surgery on it. Don't really know what That's about because, I mean, you can always evaluate him when you draft him and then say, oh, you actually do need surgery. And then, oh, no, he only misses, you know, four games. Instead of playing all 17, he only plays, you know, 13. It's a really weird situation right there. Um, But, I mean, their biggest weakness, uh, number one was run defense, and number two uh, was secondary options at, you know, pass catchers. And so, you know, their first three picks immediately addresses that. Uh, They had Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, plus Quay Walker, who will immediately, day one, make their run defense better. They lost to Darius Smith, but they're going to replace him with Rashawn Gary, who had an excellent postseason and is really just starting to come into his own. So now they have a front seven that includes Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Devontae Wyatt, plus any of the starters who they still have. Oh, um, not Blake Martinez. Who's the guy that they still have? I can't even think of his name. The the linebacker that they re-signed. Uh Devondre Campbell, excellent tackling linebacker. Him and Quay Walker paired up. It's gonna be a great, great duo. I wouldn't be surprised if they even tried to go for somewhat of a you know three-down lineman and two linebacker set and play a lot of DBs because they have they're pretty, they're pretty good at DB. I mean, you know, with with Stokes and Savage and um, the best one of them all. Jeez, this is getting awful. The more the more of these videos that I do, the more names I'm forgetting. Um, yeah, they have, a, they have a really great secondary. The Packers' defense is going to be surprisingly good. For any of you guys that play fantasy out there, I'm calling it right now they are going to have a top 10 defense. Like, like book it put it, put it on, on paper, right in ink, top 10 defense, Green Bay Packers. They went Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota state, who he, he had all the measurables that you'd want. It's just, he played for a smaller school. So you get kind of nervous about it, but that didn't stop quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Carson Wentz from getting drafted incredibly high. So why should it stop wide receivers as long as they are just as athletic and can play the game of football? Uh, Sean Ryan, offensive tackle out of UCLA, one of the best late round offensive tackles. He had an incredibly high, uh, you know, run block win rate, pass pass block win rate. Uh, and then so four top 100 picks, 11 total picks. They had another great offensive lineman that were drafted. Overall, excellent draft by the Green Bay Packers. It's just the shape and the dynamic of their team moving forward is is absolutely going to change because your your number one wide receiver went from Devonte Adams to now it's Christian Watson and so they're going to have to rely heavily on the run game and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to start distributing the ball, the ball more. I mean he 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 distributes touchdowns but he doesn't he doesn't give a lot of receivers a lot of like 50-50 chances. He doesn't give a lot of receivers a lot of opportunities to make plays it's just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna force the ball to Devonte adams and then if somebody else is open um and so he's gonna have to change you know at the age of you know 38 or 39 or however old he is which is gonna be incredibly fascinating uh and the green bay packers are incredibly well set up to compete next year another a minus we have the baltimore ravens who overall they very similar to the green bay packers in the regard that they got rid of their number one wide receiver. Now, obviously Devonte Adams is worth, you know, like two Marquise Browns, but when Marquise Brown is your only wide receiver, I mean, the, the Ravens have a worse uh, receiver room than the Packers do now, even without Christian Watson on the Packers, but it's not for, it's not for a loss, right? Kyle Hamilton, who a lot of people said, there's the best safety in the draft. Felled you at 14. You got incredibly lucky. Tyler Lindemann, best center in the draft, fell to you at 25. Elite draft pick. David Ajabo, who was probably going to be a top 25 draft pick, fell to you at 45. Obviously, he's got the Achilles, but I mean, injuries aren't what they used to be. Players are coming back. I mean, Cam Akers came back from an injury, an Achilles injury, in five months, for goodness sakes. That's incredible. Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of UConn, who is just going to add to that defensive line. And then Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina, was my favorite pick out of tight end. He's got a lot of things going for him. Um, He started out his career at wide receiver. He's got the hands. Uh, Some people don't quite believe in his size. I think absolute perfect upside, you know, he could end up being a guy like a Kyle Pitts where, you know, he's, he's six, four, 240 pounds, and he's got really good hands, maybe a little bit slower of a version. Uh, So, you know, going a little bit old school, you know, you could go, obviously not all time because the longevity factor is a little bit different, but you could play a very similar style to a Jimmy Graham or a Delaney Walker the Baltimore Ravens had 11 total picks and their first three picks, they had very good players fall to them. Didn't draft up, didn't, didn't trade up to draft these guys. Um, They traded away Marquise Brown and a third for pick 23, um, which I mean, it is what it is. And they traded pick 23. They traded back, you know, two, two spots and they still got Tyler Linderbaum, which is overall a good pick. It's just, I mean, this team is going to be so weird having, you know, their number one target be uh, Mark Andrews, and then you know he'll probably get you know 1,300 yards, and then their next guy might might not get half of that. It's going to be really weird. Um, but I mean, Lamar is going to do what he always does as long as he stays healthy. They're going to win games. Then my I believe my only solid A is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they had five total picks. And with their first three picks, they were all in the top 100. They traded a lot of their picks this year for future draft picks. Like, I mean, they kind of robbed the Saints earlier in the offseason. Then they did it again during the draft when the Saints wanted to trade up and draft pending. Uh, they traded for wide receiver A.J. Brown with one of their first round picks, which is an elite trade, one of their first and third round picks. Uh, so at 13, you've got Jordan Davis, who is a six foot six, you know, four, five, you know, defensive tackle. As, I mean, as long as he stays in a mild amount of good shape, he's going to end up being a serious problem in the NFL. Cam Jurgens, is center out of Nebraska. It's a great offensive line building pick right there because as long as, you know, I mean, right now they don't have weaknesses at tight end or wide receiver and their running backs have solid depth. Miles Sanders, as long as he stays healthy, is very good. Their defense overall now pretty decent. Uh, bolstering the offensive line is important for young quarterbacks. And then grabbing Nakobe Dean at 83. Uh, earlier, I think I said he was available. I think he got taken at 87. I was mistaken. He was available at 83. And Nakobe Dean, who could end up being the best run defender in this draft, um, you know, of the top linebackers who, you know, Quay Walker, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, he's probably, probably the best run blocker, uh, run defender rather. And I mean, this defensive front seven just got immediately better. Jalen Hurts just got better because now Devonta Smith is your number two. A.J. Brown is your number one. Philadelphia Eagles absolutely knocked this draft out of the park. The only reason they are not number one because you know they pretty much punted on this year for a lot of picks you know pushed a lot of picks traded for future picks and because the new york football jets had an absolute monster of a draft they had seven total picks right all of them came within the top 117 right so not only did they have seven picks which is which is pretty good but none of them came after pick 117 meaning that you know, I like to say the top 100 is where is where you really get your starters. Well, as soon as you go past that, it's like, you know, maybe like a coin flip kind of guy. But like they had three guys go between 101 and 117, which is incredible. Number one, you got Ahmad Gardner in the first round, who is I, th- I think he's going to end up being Patrick Peterson. Uh, and I mean, how much could you really say about that? He's if you draft Patrick Peterson, you have the best cornerback of the generation. You know, the bridge from the bridge from Darrell Revis to Jalen Ramsey, you have the guy that dominated the league for 10 years in between that span, right? Garrett Wilson, who I wasn't as high on Garrett Wilson, but I believe he is the most pro ready today in the draft. Jermaine Johnson, who, could easily end up being the most versatile and valuable edge rusher in this draft for the reason of he can really play a version of a middle linebacker that likes to rush the passer. My comp for him was Micah Parsons. Last year he had 70 70 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 11 sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. I don't know if he had any picks or not, but, I mean, that's just crazy production. Normally you don't get – 70 tackles and 11 sacks, let alone the 17 and a half tackles for loss. Um, unbelievable value when you have four picks in the top 36, and then and then your next three are between 101 and 117. You have you you probably got four starters on day one and two in those top 36. And then those last three picks, you probably either got starters or very good depth players. Brees Hall, probably the best running back in the draft. Definitely the most versatile. Um, You know, he can play big. He can play fast. He can really do whatever you need to do there. He's got the hands. And, you know, adding him, pushing Michael Carter down the depth chart is actually a great thing. Because when you have a running back tandem, you know, that ends up working a lot better for teams who are looking to just slowly build because eventually you can choose one of them and then give him another backup. Then you have two more, pla- then you choose one, give him another backup. It's something that the Lions could easily do. It's something that I envision the Packers keep on doing, you know, between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. It shows Aaron Jones, they gave him AJ Dillon. In the future, they're gonna choose between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and give him a backup, give the next guy a backup. I think that's what the, uh, the Broncos are doing. I think that's what the Chargers are doing. That's what the Lions should do. That's what the Jets are doing now. Uh, And then tight end uh, Jeremy Ruckert at 101. He's a really interesting pick to me because I think he could end up being potentially the second best tight end in the draft. Maybe the best if everything works out. Um, But the reason is because he was on an Ohio State team that had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba I, hope, I, say, I hope, hope I'm saying that name right, uh, who are just dominating all of the targets. And, you know, last year, yeah, last year, the previous season, Trey Sermon was on the team. Those guys were still on the team. And it's like, uh, Jameson Williams was also on that team, and he couldn't even get on the field. So, you know, maybe when Jeremy gets to the league, it's like, oh, hey, by the way, like, I'm actually really good. I just never got the targets because those guys were just slightly better. You know, so now you're bringing in, Guys like a Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson, which all things considered, very good wide receiver room. Jeremy Rutkert and CJ Uzoma, very good tight end room. Overall, not elite players, but a very good depth of, of the tight ends. You still have your left tackle, Mikai Beckton, and you have the guy that you drafted uh, the next year, Elijah Vera Tucker, who is a very good guard. And so this offense looks set up to do great things. As long as the development of Zach Wilson continues, I really wasn't high on him. I actually thought that he had the highest bust factor, but what the jets have done is they have put him in a situation that similar that the Rams put Jared Goff in so many years ago. It's like, Hey, uh, you might not be as good as what your stats show, but we're just literally not going to let you fail. Like you, you just have too much here to fail. And that can that can easily turn a player from a bust into average. It can turn an average player into a great player. And that will permanently affect their development because the more the more confidence that you build and the more reps that you have of winning football, the more winning football that you can then produce later on. And so I think I think between Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, and the guys that they put on the roster last year. I think they're saving a pick that I really didn't like in Zach Wilson. Their defense is definitely going to take a step up. I think they're on the last year of the C.J. Mosley deal, which it is what it is. I mean, he he played like 13 snaps for them over like three years, getting $150 million. But this year, you could definitely see Jermaine Johnson, Ahmad Gardner, and C.J. Mosley do very well You know, all throughout the defense. You still have Quinn Williams on the defensive line at, at tackle was really good overall i think the jets by far had the best draft the only reason i didn't give them a second plus is because i only had seven picks if they would have had you know like nine ten with you know a lot of picks in between 36 and 101 this this could end up being the best draft since the 2017 saints which is one of the greatest drafts of all time so there's my synopsis all overall all 32 teams. Let me know what you think. Let me know what, how you feel about your team too high, too low. Who's your favorite pick and who should I look out for coming up in the future?